0: Alexa, what time is it?
1: The time is 6.27pm.
0: Yes, and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast.
1: Blue and yellow till we die, I'm Ian Tiny Morris.
0: And I'm Simon Sandsbury. <laughs> yes, so here we are again.
1: Lockdown day 48 for me, Simon.
0: Oh man, that's... um. It's racking up, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 50's due up on uh, on Tuesday. So uh, yeah, no, we're we're hanging in there, finding a way through. How's yourself?
0: Uh, not too bad. It's um, I felt a bit more productive this week, if I'm honest. I felt like I achieved more, um, but I've I I relented to one of those Facebook adverts about a particular kind of like time management um, tool and. Um, have been using that, and that's helping me kick myself up the butt in order to, um, in, in order to, um, in order to get some stuff done and to tick some stuff off my to-do list. So I'm really a, quite happy about a that.
1: Time management tool.
0: Yeah, well, it's a it's a notebook called Zello, but it comes with a template that you use to effectively map out the things that are most of a priority to you on a monthly basis and see whether each day you're doing something to contribute to to that goal um so uh, the book kind of sets up you you, what you want to achieve in a six-month period and then you just break that down so it's probably in that respect it's probably nothing you know really new or miraculous about it um but it just it just helps me do that it just helps me kind of like think okay what are the things i want to have done by the end of the, you know, what do I want to be able to say? Okay, I've done this by the end of this six months and it helps me break them down. Um, so it's good, it's useful, it's really quite simple. I would recommend it entirely. Yeah. Um, so we have a guest today that's um, that will be joining us shortly. Who's our guest, Ian?
1: So we've got Side Bunting, who is the founder of the Portsmouth Politics Facebook page, which is probably the largest political discussion group. Related to our fair city. Um, there, there there are a number of, um, how can I put it, factional spin-off pages that have, um, mainly that have been formed by disgruntled folk that have left the main fold and uh, gone and set up their Portsmouth people, progressive policy, Portsmouth politics arrangement. But the original and the best was set up by Cy Bunting and uh, he's agreed to join us and we will... We'll find out what motivated him, where he comes from in terms of his kind of political stance, and we'll um, we'll, we'll kick about what life running a political page is like during lockdown, with
0: yes, occasionally the so,
1: odd emotions running high.
0: Yes, it will be it will be interesting to hear from him because um, I guess he kind of gets it on. Um, well, he will tell us whether he gets it from kind of all ends of the political spectrum um whether he's in that unenviable unenvi- um position as a referee that um you're displeasing everybody all of the time um and um and you know that's kind of just just the way that works um so Portsmouth Politics um Facebook page um we we have a friendly link with them in the sense that um obviously we we both members of that page and engage in it regularly um, so it's really good to have. But yes, so they they, is it fair to say they're probably the largest, but not the loudest?
1: I think that's pretty fair. I mean, they are, it, it is a broad church. I think there's, uh, there's plenty on there. There's some of, you know, again, we'll talk about the demographics and, uh, but it is a broad church, but uh, yeah, perhaps not, not the, the, well, it has its moments, so we'll have a look at that. And then other topics we're going to pick up on is, you know, there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics, as my uh, biology tutor used to tell me. And uh, his other line was that 78% of all statistics are made up, including, including this one. one. Um,
0: oh, so. Is that is that like that Facebook meme that says um, that basically says, don't believe everything you read on the internet, some of it's just made up? And it's a quote attributed to Abraham Lincoln.
1: It is a quote attributed to Abraham Lincoln. So yes, you do, you do have to be careful. So there's been lots of numbers flying around from government over the last few weeks. there has been two number one. A, a little look at and uh, and and just kick about whether they are honest and truthful or whether there is a, a touch of spin about them. And then obviously most of us haven't booked our holidays this year and uh, British Airways, the nation's favorite airline, um, obviously got themselves into the headlines this week with their restructure plans and uh, we're just gonna have a, a little look at that and see whether that's um, you know, what where we where we come from in terms of smart business or cynically unethical.
0: Ian, are you are, are you challenge are you are you having a go at big business? I am
1: simply as you know my mind is always open. I believe that all problems should be examined from many angles. We don't just work on a three-word soundbite here, Simon.
0: No, we don't. No, we don't because we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're not part of the government's communication machine. So no, we're, um, we're we're s- not we certainly don't have the money. Brexit to... <laughs> done. Yep. No, We're, we're going
1: to back back big business.
0: <laughs> we're, we're not going to um, raise the money for any bongs of any type. Um, in fact, um, we don't have any money at all, um, but we're going to get the podcast done, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and a yeah, nice milestone—we we passed two thousand listens for uh, for the lifetime of our little podcast this uh, this month, did we not?
0: Uh, we did indeed. We are now sitting at two thousand and fifteen listens, but can't we? Wouldn't it be fairer for, Wouldn't it be right for us to say though that although actually only 2015 listens occurred and by the way that's just the ones off of podcasting it doesn't include the ones that the people that um watch listen to the sh- or listen to the show using facebook live or the videos on facebook on our facebook page and but what about but because we've actually published the um the podcast online it's available to the 4.33 billion internet users in the world so our broadcast range is 4.33 Ooh. billion i think that's what we should be saying right
1: I think that is that is a way of looking at it. I, I think that I'm might be TV overstating the number slightly. Just, just I would say, if we maybe, if we, you know, if we had the data, because we've got to let the data speak. We've got to be analytical in our nature. But if we knew how many of that four point three three billion were either native English speakers or had English as a second language, then yeah, I think we could claim that.
0: Okay. Well, we'll have to. We'll have to run a pivot chart off of that and actually see. I mean, to be fair, most of the world can can speak English, right? I mean, there's, you know, there's all sorts could, of things. Good we Lord. Could get into a really, we could get into a really big um, big. Um, You've just got old Johnny Ukip on us. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Absolutely good definitely not. Good Lord. grief. Let's rescue ourselves. Um, let's, and, um, let's bring in a guest before <laughs> this turns ugly. Yeah, but um, I'm definitely not going purple, guys. Don't worry. Um. So, okay. So, without further ado, let's welcome side um, Bunting in, onto the show. And we'll let the connection work. Obviously, we're doing all of this with social distancing, distancing as a priority. And Si, welcome to the show. Uh, so, okay. So, without further ado, let's welcome um, Si <laughs> Bunting That's... onto the show. And we'll let the connection work. Obviously, we're doing all of this oh. Oh. social distancing. distancing. Sorry, <laughs> Hello, mate. <laughs>
2: Hi. Hi, how's it going?
0: I can see the look of mild panic on your screen as to, something happened there.
2: <laughs> I was muting you on Facebook um, so I could switch over to Zoom. Um, and there's a bit of a delay between the two.
0: No, don't worry, That that's fine. We've been caught out that way as well when we've tried to catch up with the comments. So um, don't you worry. You're very, very welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi,
2: thanks for having me. So,
1: Si, uh, Portsmouth politics. Yeah, uh, crafted mm. by your own fair hand.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: Um, Tell us about the history of it. What what, what inspired you to do it? And how, how long have you been uh, losing hair and being kept up late at night by uh, excitable Facebook users?
2: Um, well, I suppose it was five years ago, just over five years ago. And I was looking for somewhere to talk about stuff politics different issues and things i've been involved in various online forums for 20 years um and was looking for something to talk about local issues and also wider issues and talk about things on facebook and elsewhere um, and just had a conversation with some friends just decided to set up something and see if it worked and it just grew from there really and it has grown i mean uh,
1: roughly how many members is it now
2: um i don't know about 2000 i think um i'm just checking um, <laughs> Two
1: thousand two hundred and twenty-six. Oh, that's a that's beautiful. Now, if I, if only ever, one of those listened to our podcast <laughs> every go week. The sky. Every week, yeah. I mean, you, um, um, you
2: make that. And the good thing is, most of the numbers. if we look at the stats. Most of them, I think, about ninety percent are in Portsmouth. So it is it is really quite local.
1: Yeah, and I think we've got a few people who are, you know, they they are very open to the fact that they are Portsmouthian folk who have been spread across the globe and want to keep in touch with what's happening locally. And, uh, and that seems to be their vehicle. Yeah. So politically side, where, where, what, what sparked your interest in politics and, and, uh, how have you been
2: involved? Um, I don't know. I suppose I've been interested in various political issues for years, just kind of following things and getting involved in discussions, learning more. You, you learn a lot from talking to different people, don't you, especially different people with them, um, different points of view. Um, and yeah, politically, I've voted for pretty much all of the parties in the past. Um, never, I haven't voted for UKIP, but but um, all of the main, all the other main parties, I've voted for at some point or other. So I've you're kind have, of,
1: you're, you're amongst friends here. There's the,
2: <laughs> none of us have
1: cast a stone in that direction. Although Simon was going a bit that way just before you joined us, but we'll gloss over. <laughs> that.
0: You're not mis, you're misrepresenting me a little bit there. But just to clarify, absolutely nowhere near UKIP. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So in in terms of the the, the forum itself, you know, obviously Simon and I participate. And I I think it would be fair to say that there is a fairly broad range of of political views there. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps more leaning slightly to the left, would that be fair?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know if that's maybe just in part representative of just the demographics of social media users um, which are younger um, and therefore there is a kind of um, more representation of um views kind of on the left if um, across facebook um, but i think or it might be for other reasons but yes I think that's fair to say anyway there are a few of us who still
1: staunchly fly the flag for the blue team though
2: mm, but you i um, mean do you find yourself in that you are in the minority elsewhere or is it just in some of the groups
1: um i, I would say on the political I, I i'm to be fair i'm not involved in a lot of other political forums um what i would say is that probably as a general feed i've got i've got more left leaning friends who post more actively about political issues mm. uh, and, and i think you're, you're right i think the age demographic has a has a you know has a has a piece to play on it. I, in my own thoughts have has been that that often the uh, you know if we look at there's been ten years of of either coalition or a conservative rule. So I think the left think they have well they they, they feel they have more to complain about. Yeah. I guess if you've been happy with the conservative government of the last ten years you know, posting your post that says, oh, I think the Conservatives done a bloody good job and should carry on doing it. It isn't, you know, it's going to get you a few likes from, from you know, similar thinking friends, but it's not really going to start that
2: discussion, is it? Yeah, now we've seen more of that recently, though, aren't we? I think that's one thing that's happening with um, everything that's going on. There is, a, is more defence of the government than normal
0: Mm. well that's that's interesting what's your thoughts on that simon well i I, thought occurred to me is that over the last few years for a couple of different reasons we've lived in a strange time in that we regularly have adverts from the government on um on either radio tv or social media whereas actually excuse obviously how how young social media is um, that's not really the norm at all is it but actually it has been the norm for the last couple of years they've either been warnings about COVID-19 or they've been um, government information adverts um, about preparing for um, for Brexit um, mm-hmm. so it's really interesting that we're in a time where a government is having to communicate directly with the with the people in that way um, but there is a there is there's, there seems to be a real my observation would be is that there does seem to be a a, a real disconnect or it's the new disconnect because there over the last couple of years there there've been several disconnects and and several kind of shouting across the void from either extremes regarding you know on several different arguments but on this occasion it's the extreme of the whole kind of like tory genocide narratives being and screaming out they're lying they're lying they're they, you know they're incompetent they're you know they, they're killing people that sort of narrative versus the everything you know boris is walking on water everything they're doing is fantastic kind of stuff and and surely the, the truth is kind of somewhere in the middle which is which is where i sit um so i can i can moan about both both extremes but it, it does seem that this is the this is the new focus of the of those 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 kind of like Oh, I'm, I'm, what's the word I'm trying to look for people are in people are really quite partisan about it aren't they and they're not listening yeah. to each other
1: well I think that and it's interesting so because um you know I, I've, I've I've got involved in in several threads um, some of them have become somewhat animated and we'll touch on that at the moment you know as conservative myself um, but also somebody who spent most of their career in science and in the pharmaceutical industry. The one thing I am absolutely certain of at the moment, and I am cast iron certain of it, is that we don't know how the government is doing. And and until this has run its course and all of the variables have been looked at and all of the the comorbidities, the method of transmission, the you know, the the way in which People are affected by this disease only when all of that is done and all of those things are mapped through by the scientists will be able to overlay that against the government's actions and say, yep, they they got it about right, or actually, no, they made a horrible, grievous error when they did X or Y. What's your thoughts?
2: Um, Well, I agree. I think you're right that we're not going to know until... Kind of years down the line, when you look back at it, but but I think you can. There's no reason just to uh, to not question what the government's doing now, um, because they have taken some actions that have been um, maybe not the right ones at the time, or not the right ones at the right time. Um, they did seem very very slow to move on this um, compared to other countries where they were at the um, the, the point of the curve, um, and I I think I think personally that's cost lives. Um I think long term there might be an argument that um, if we shut down earlier, then we would have to open up earlier and that could in term you know result in more um, fatalities. but mm. um, but I think I mean, I think they were just very slow at the start, but I think now they are being much better um, and now they're on more on top of it. Um, and I think testing's improving a lot. Um, the facilities and the um, uh, is in, are in place should we need them um second wave third wave you know if it happened if well, you can't predict the future but whatever it's yep. to be like i think that's the concern really um but yeah i think but i think in terms of criticizing the government or defending the government i'm kind of neutral on it really i think they've done bad things i think they've done good things i don't think the government as a whole is bad or good on this
1: no, no and i think i think you're right and there is an element particularly when you look at the speed where things have happened when it, it will, of course, be easy to point out, you know, uh, and again, it's what gets me cross and it is the, oh, look, you've missed a bit post, which is yeah. that, ugh, you know, there's nothing, is there? there's nothing for the self-employed goat hurdler? I've done nothing for him. What? You know, so that that's, and let's, let's touch on that because, mm. you know, it is to my eternal shame and to the, the what's the word, the splendidness of your uh, moderators that I have had to serve a a short ban from Portsmouth politics for a um, a somewhat explosive outburst. Since the lockdown, how would you perceive the mood? Have you in the admins, uh, uh, it seemed to me
2: that you've been busier. Um, Yes and no. Um, I think some things have got busier and people are more on edge and more volatile a bit, I think. Um, and emotions are running high at times. And But that was, that's was that been like that for the last few years with Brexit. And it's good to get that out of the way. I will push to one side and have those yep. sort of divisions and those sort of arguments kind of not being focused on. So in that way, it's great because people are generally on the same side. So there's still criticism of the government, but people are generally seeing it the same way. And we've still got the conspiracy theorists that we've, Always had, um, and maybe there's more of that going around because there's a lot more unknowns at the moment um, on this. Um, and then there's the the wilder ones that you know, the wilder theories that um, I think we've all seen. Um, but in terms of the, yeah, I mean, in terms of the mood in the group, I think there's a shift, but it's not necessarily completely negative. I think in some ways there is a positive oh, I to it. Um,
1: no, I think gonna... I'd I think I'd agree with you. But there, uh, it's a mixed bag.
0: You're always going to get. So, I guess, in in such a large group of people, anyway, you're always going to get a certain number of people that you know. To be honest with you, aren't going to be happy with anything they see, um, mm. and are going to. You know, I mean, to to be blunt, some of, some of the kind of the conspiracy and the the kind of navel gazing stuff that that I've seen online just kind of makes me. Um, to be blunt just not want to waste my time actually trying to engage with those people on um on facebook because you know life's too short um but it but from a point of view of you know sorry it is actually much more likely that this is because voldemort's been on the rise again and the death eaters are back up and and um, having a rampage across the planet than it is that it was created in a in a chinese laboratory or that it was created by the americans or that um that it's caused by 5g towers um you know it's um Those sorts of things are just um, for whatever the reason people either want to believe in them or the, the, to be honest, the irresponsible um, muppets that are actually spreading that sort of stuff. That are trying to do, I don't know, are they making money out of it? Do they like the attention? I I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't really help, does it? Um, But that is, like you say, sorry, a completely different thing to asking of the government, hang on, this decision that you're making at this (laughs) moment, is that the best decision to make with the available Mm. evidence at this point? Um, which is useful versus this decision you made two weeks ago you should have made this you know what we see now is you should have made a different decision Um, which you know with the benefit of hindsight everybody can can see lots of different things can't they Mm.
2: yeah I mean I've been kind of following things around this disease since um, January and it was kind of it did seem quite obvious quite early on that it was going to be serious Um, and that's just from reports online and what was happening in China at the time, Um, so it seems to me very strange that the government was kind of carrying on as normal until March, um, really, um, and the the local council or local politicians carrying on as normal, um, when there was a lot of information around to to say that this this is something we need to be looking at, Um, but yeah, like you say, it's hindsight.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, one one interesting angle so si, i remember when i saw it it kind of you know you did have to bring in an emergency rule to the facebook group mm-hmm. around people's behavior towards covid-19 did you want to expand on that for us our-
2: yeah it came up one night when something i saw something else elsewhere on facebook people kind of saying i hope so and so gets it i hope they die or whatever um it was something like that so, talking with the other admins, we um, decided to bring in a rule just to, you know, kind of crack down on that as early, early as possible. Um, and then when Boris Johnson got it, we started seeing a bit of that, which we dealt with. And we've seen, you know, we've had to use that rule a few times, but not—it's not been much really compared to what you see elsewhere online. And it's
1: no, and I think that's where you and the admins deserve a, a lot of credit. You know, you set out the stall very early. Um, you know, there, there were, like you say. There have been a few incidents, um, relatively small in number, and they, they've been been dealt with very decisively. And, uh, and again, for me, uh, you know, when I saw that rule, I'll be honest with you, I read it, and my first instinct was, nobody's going to do that. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs>
0: oh bless you. You know,
1: <laughs> we're, we're all we're all human beings, aren't we? And 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 no one's going to, no one is going to take that approach.
2: You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? But. But yeah, and we present did, and we present Twitter.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sadly there were there were plenty of people that seemed to enjoy the prospect of other people getting ill or other people even even dying, and that's that you know you know for crying out loud you know at the end of the day every every person that's you know that's that's affected by this this god awful virus is you know every fatality isn't just a number it's actually you know someone's you know someone's you know father um mother you know brother son husband wife um and i oh, don't yeah it's just something really deeply kind of unkind about about being so excited at attacking your um i guess your ideological enemy that you that that's what you that's what you thrive off I, I, I don't know i think it's just a bit of a, a a sad thing but it seems to be we seem to hear more of it but whether it was just that we see it more than it than it happened before in the past. I don't know. Who knows? I'm
2: not sure. I don't know. Um, I think we might pay more attention to it because it's related to this um, virus, and um, because everyone's kind of more, I don't know, um, on edge with it. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think anxiety levels are generally up, aren't they? I don't think mm. I don't think there are too many people for whom you know they are enjoying lockdown. I've seen a couple of people who've said, do you know what, this is my Christmas and birthday because I actually don't like the outside world and I'm more than happy to be sat in my pyjamas with a cup of tea for most of the day. Um, But I think for the vast majority of us, you know, we're all finding our own coping mechanisms. And, uh, you know, one of those is that, it is the, you know, the great outside world of the internet that allows us to go and interact and, you know, have some of those conversations that maybe you would have had around the table at lunch at work or, you know, with a few of your mates down the pub um, and it allows us to do that virtually. But of course we do that with some people who we just happen to have fallen into the same space.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, sorry, just, just thinking about how we use the internet. It's, um it has been, I'm a lifesaver I think in, in a lot of ways with in this whole situation. Um we had a my nephew's fourth birthday party on Zoom um the other day, which was uh and we all had to own little cakes. So when he blew out the cake, we kinda of got out our cakes and um, <laughs> and ate them with him. Um which was lovely. Um oh. I've got a friend's friend's birthday party on Zoom tonight. Um yeah it's a
0: strange world. It 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 is quite interesting how in some ways actually quite easily we've fallen into these things and those tools have always been there but we've because we've had something that's big enough to force us to change our behavior to to stop you know to stop traveling all of the you know and because of all the social distancing and everything that's right about keeping people safe it's it's really interesting that 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 we've seen that that there is a there are tools that are available that are actually really quite useful I mean we're finding it useful Using Zoom for things like this. Obviously, other other um, video conferencing facilities are available. Um, we're we're not. Um, <laughs> we don't get a bung from Zoom, but you know, if they want to, they're welcome. Um, to be
1: honest, if you add shares in Zoom. How, yes. how happy would you be well
0: the share price is zoomed isn't it really so yeah. 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 um but bless them um, Microsoft teams are doing their bit by trying to compete compete against that by advertising at the moment aren't they quite heavily so that's 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 um that's quite interesting but um yeah speaking speaking back to what you were saying earlier Cy, about um about it, only time will tell actually whether you know what was whether in some situations what what turned out to be the wrong or the right decision or the action or the severity of an action to kind of go at a particular time i guess part of that depends on us being able to um believe in consistent data that we get from our government oh do you see that's... what i did there do you see what i did this,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, was nice.
0: <laughs> that was nice that was that was uh, it's expertly done so one of the other things we wanted to talk about was was the use of numbers and Ian, you were particularly irked by the change in the government's use of um, data with reporting fatalities.
1: Furious. Do
0: you want to explain that a bit?
1: (laughs) No, I'm proper cross about this one. So, as most of you will be aware, the government every day reported on the fatalities number that was people who had died in hospital. It's a number that was accurate. It was a number that was consistent, and it was only ever an indicatory number. And the journalist said, yeah, but why were all the people dying? Yes, very regrettable, harder to collate those numbers, and they do get reported separately. Yeah, but you're underplaying. And so then early last week, the government now reports the all fatalities number. Rather than just the hospital for fatalities. And it's made me bloody cross. And I'll explain why after you chaps have given your perspective on the change.
2: Um, well, I don't know. I don't, haven't looked into it enough to know exactly how they're doing this because I thought there was a, quite a significant delay with collating the data um from outside from deaths outside of hospitals yeah, so um, what so what they're doing site is they've got the number
1: of people that they that died in hospital and then they're adding on to it the previous day's worth of registered deaths that they get from the community
2: okay i mean that still sounds like they might not have all the data all the time there's going to be bits of catching up at times um i mean i just think they should be got two separate figures that seems the easiest solution for this report hospital deaths and other deaths. And that, you know, give us, give us two figures
0: to be honest, add them up. Yeah. yeah well to, um, and this, this is what I find kind of um, interesting. And, it, and it's worth obviously us being clear at this point, us trying to understand and talk about actually how these numbers are presented. It doesn't in any way undermine, obviously the, um, you know, the, the personal impact of actually the people that are behind, are behind oh. these numbers, but it's, um i th- i think how how numbers are used is, is kind of really important and this is probably actually a really uh, a really powerful example of how important use of numbers can be um because in the in this situation obviously it's literally about people about people's lives um when i when i looked at when i looked at this a bit i um to be fair si, i i i completely agree that um and but the government's figures do actually that what they've started to do is actually Um, They've started to include um, fatalities that occur outside of a hospital setting um, with a positive COVID-19 test result. Um, And they're doing that. And those figures tend to be actually have about an 11 day lag in the reporting because of how long it takes them because they come from... um um, social care settings and from certification and so the delays are caused by certification registrations and processing um but this move puts england in line with how scotland northern ireland and wales have been reporting their figures so in some respects we are what the government have have done on their website is is actually what you what you said there So, is actually report them both and what what you can see from the curve, sorry, I haven't actually got it to come up on screen for people to, for the audience to see, is that um, now that the government have actually, sorry, the ONS have actually gone back, sorry, Public Health England have actually gone back and retrospectively um, amended the reported figures since we had our first fatality from COVID-19 in the beginning of March. Um, the percentage, the share of fatalities that are actually outside hospital settings is actually steadily increasing as a sh- as a share of the fatalities overall from from covid19 so it's you know that kind of allows you to see the difference between the two and actually see the uh, and see kind of compared like with like as to what was previously reported um but in some ways, you know to me it's just bringing it bringing england into line with how the rest of the how the rest of the united kingdom reports um, but your concern ian was that um it doesn't allow you to kind of see cl- that clearly what what is happening this week compared to last week.
1: Yes. Yeah, so what what has happened for me is the waters have been muddied by this. Again, I've I've worked in in statistical process control and some of and it doesn't matter what you measure as your indicatory measure, provided you're consistent. And I get cross about this because you know, we set the measurement at the start. We've measured consistently and I, I'm actually going to call the government out here. I believe that this is a cynical move to make the death, the, the number look higher. And I think the reason behind that is because there is a loud clamour to ease the restrictions and to unlock sooner. I think that by changing the way in which they've measured this they're actually making the drop which was starting to come down very slowly it, it, it now and again we're in sound white politics and you you're both correct that you can go and do all the numbers yourself and add them up and put them in the spreadsheet and draw yourself a, a curve of distribution you don't need to but they
0: already present it in the it's already in the in the stuff they present you don't you don't yeah. need to do that
1: but there is an element of the headline number of the number of people that died yesterday, you know, that is reported is now a combination of people that died yesterday and people that died up to 11 days ago when the virus was more prevalent added together. So you're measuring two different time points. And reporting them differently. And I know some people would think that's just me being a bit of a statistics nose, but it does paint a different picture to if we were just continuing to report the way in which we'd started.
2: Um I thought sorry, I thought Simon just said that um they were they were changing the previous figures retrospectively. So when they get the new figures done, yeah. through, they're going to update the figures. So yeah, they
1: they, it's they not have going to done. show
2: an artificial um, kind of rate for today compared to previous days is it it's just going to increase the previous days
1: so it will increase the previous days
2: but you're measuring
1: at two different time points so today or tomorrow you will be measuring the people that died in hospital today you will be measuring the people that died in the community more than a week ago
2: but they're going to be aren't they going to be recorded for the date for the um the date they died
1: no, they're reported on the day that they're they're recorded. So reported, yeah. what you not what you're not getting, and that's why. You, and you've you've hit the nail on the head. So there is an element of of, and again, let's just pick a number. And again, I don't wish to be frivolous about this. Five hundred people died today, but we're going to report seven hundred people because two hundred people that have died over the last eleven days, their formal registration has come through today so you know for me it is artificially skewing it's not it, it is a measure but it's it, it's now inconsistent hmm. yeah
0: and i threw the question into into the um into the comments to um ask the ask the people following us on facebook what what their thoughts were about the numbers and to be fair there's a there's a there's an interesting um you know some um Dave, david smith saying that um he agrees with um with you, Ian, that, um, uh, uh, you know, along the premise that it maintains the, and in his words, um, to keep the hysteria going. Um, Phil Broom is saying that it's it's about basically the the dreaded second peak, and that's what we're trying to um, avoid. Um, um, but he's also um, suggesting that you know, is it is it possible that they held the all number back? Um, so that the daily death toll didn't actually go above a thousand a day. So it's kind of the flip side of yeah, yeah. You, you know your your argument and and kind of both of them. To be honest, come from a point of what I find interesting from your angle on this, Ian, is that and I'm, and as a process driven person myself as well, um, and understanding the the point about having consistency in statistics so you can actually see what's going on and not and not kind of hide hide what's really happening. Um, is that um, is that it's a strange kind of you know none of us are in that room with those conversations um about intent and about yep. what people are trying to do um and in, and although people from a different political persuasion to yourself have um tried to suggest that the government's uses of numbers or the government's action are supposedly in in you know their their kind of angle um about a. A, a particular narrative or a particular uh, mindset, ideologically driven by the party of government, the Conservative Party, um, they—they're not in the room. They don't know that. They're not mind readers. And if they can yep. tell what's going on in Boris Johnson's mind, or Michael Gove's mind, or Dominic Cummings' mind, or uh, Dominic—no, hang on.
1: Don't don't say it three times. He'll appear.
0: <laughs> I hope not. Um, um, although that would be quite a um, quite a quite, be a, a, coup. quite a result be a coup. quite a coup for us although don't mention the word coup because that could also start other things but yep. you know none of us can read these people's minds and and i, I just find it for me I, I if i'm honest i find um your conclusion about this interesting um my my experience would be that looking at um you know looking at what numbers you report what what numbers you report is you know what's measured is what's managed right and um and in most situations that I've been involved with, you start off with a really clear um, definition of what you are going to measure by which you define and I um, success. And obviously the word yep. success isn't isn't yeah. perhaps as relevant here. Yeah, at least but worse over, option in this case, yes, isn't it? Yeah, in that in that case. But in but over time, people like to fiddle and like to add things and change things. So they make things more complicated than they than they actually probably needed to be or were designed to be at the outset. It always kind of moves a process towards um, towards chaos and anarchy um, but in this situation this change is actually about bringing us into line with with how the rest of the country reports so it's about actually really our previous situation was inconsistent so yep. our um as much as you know your concern is that um that the change means that it isn't as easy, although the numbers are available, it isn't as easy to kind of directly compare one week with another. Um, this change does actually mean that we're reporting in line with with the rest of our country, um, and that's quite interesting in in and of itself because it's England actually falling in line with the rest of the parts of the UK. Because um, we seem to be the odd one out, we were, you know, we were the we were the only ones. Um, doing it the way that the way that we were doing it um and it does seem to be to be honest with you it whether that speaks to how whether there are complications introduced by the multi-level um agencies that there are in our health service and in administration in um, local government about um you know um, registrations of fatalities and so forth why these things aren't all um, you know, in, I don't know, it's the 21st century. Why aren't these things all electronically done? Why isn't that? I don't understand why in that mm. case, though, you know, that isn't much easier to actually do, but it does kind of speak to, to me, it speaks to an over over complication and waste in the processes that the government has allowed to accrue um, across the, I'm going to say the health service, but I mean the health, health and social yeah, broad, care Yeah, broad, broadly, broadly. Um, so. so to me, as a, as a process nerd... That kind of speaks to that, rather than um, an inclination to draw that to draw to a conclusion that that's a deliberate or a con- deliberate act or a conspiracy.
1: Oh, I don't think I've gone as far as conspiracy.
0: I, I don't think I've gone quite that far. Okay. Should we touch
1: on the second number? Yes, so hundred thousand
0: tests. So the tests. So tests. So I guess our, our direct comparison is that like we said at the beginning, of the, I don't know whether you caught this site at the beginning of the show, yeah. we, we were cheekily kind of suggesting that um, we know that um, our listens from podcast um, medium like uh, SoundCloud or Apple podcasts, et cetera, um, are, it's actually 2021 now. Um, but because the podcast is available to the entire planet, who or anybody who has an internet connection, then really, actually, we're broadcasting to 4.3 billion people, um, and the we're using that as a compa- as a cheeky comparison to the figure that the oh. government used of 122,000 tests being completed on the last day of April, because Dominic Raab made a prop. Is it? Have I- yes. He made a promise, didn't he? Shall we, shall we it's Matt, Han- Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock. Sorry, why am I getting Matt Hancock and Dominic Raab confused? Fancy. I, don't, I, I definitely don't. Shall, shall we hear Shall we hear Matt hey. Hancock? Um, let's just hear him quickly. The new national effort for testing will ensure that we can get tests for a day by the end of this month. That is the goal, and I am determined that we will get that. Ooh. Okay, and then he went on to say about Thursday's figures, he said this. I can announce that we have met our goal. The number of tests yesterday, on the last day of April, was 122,347. So John can take us through the exact breakdown of the 122,347 tests. So the tests that are within the control of the program, which is the great majority, are counted when the tests are undertaken in our laboratories. But for any test which goes outside the control of the program, they're counted when they leave the program. So that's the uh, tests that are mailed out to people at home. So that Making was, that was uh, John Newton, the testing programme coordinator. So what he was saying there is that the figure that, so the government announced that um, they'd met their target of, um, of 100,000 tests um, by the end of April because they included tests that had been mailed out to people. So therefore tests that haven't been completed or even sent back or even actually had a result reported. What's um what's your thoughts on that size as a, as a use of those numbers
2: I think that they're just fudging the numbers to hit the target aren't they but I don't th- think that's the, really the important thing um, I think it's I mean I think it's impressive that they've managed to increase the testing capacity that quickly mm-hmm. um, and that is that's really good to see but here I think um, I mean I suppose we can look back on it and see of these tests that were sent on Thursday how many of those were returned um, and actually all how all completed um and to get the true picture of the actual tests that were conducted on that day um but they're probably not going to report that um so i, I just it just seems um a very strange way of doing it i don't think i'm not quite sure about your analogy of uh, 4 billion people or whatever I, th- um, I think he
1: i think he's chancing his arm there Side to be
2: fair um i might be co- closer to compared to the actual testing capacity um uh, that the uk's got at the moment um Um, Yeah, I I mean, I think as long as it's consistent going forward and as long as every day is over this 100,000 magic number, then I suppose they've hit the target. Um, But just getting one day over the line by doing that seems a bit – it's just done for the sake of it, isn't it, just to look good in the papers or whatever.
0: Uh, Sorry, go go in.
1: So my first instinct when I saw that number and I did the numbers behind it was – same as you Si, that they had fudged it. What I then went back and looked at and checked was that the way in which they measure it back on the 2nd of April, when that statement was made about 100,000 tests, they measured it exactly the same. It was on tests completed within the system and tests mailed out. So for me, there is an You know, the statement that was made on the 2nd was to drive that number above 100,000. And because the measurement has been consistent, then I think it's a big green tick.
2: Mm, I think, well, the measurement might be consistent, but it's the same issue you were highlighting with the um, reporting of deaths, isn't it? You're reporting two figures and putting them together to give one figure that doesn't give a complete picture of what's going on. Because it's two things thrown together.
1: It's a concern. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're absolutely right. For me, there is an element of I wouldn't have chosen to measure it in that way. Um, I would have, I would have measured tests that were undertaken within the system, be they returned back from the post or not. Um, because what we don't, and again, we don't know that if of the forty thousand tests that were mailed out, you know, how many of them are going to end up in the recycling? Because people go, well, actually, I feel better now. I not I would have measured tests that were. Oh.
0: Sorry, that's me. That's because I clicked into the comments. Gone.
1: No, No worries. So there is an element of, you know, again, with this one, I, I think, you know, and I think you touched on it there, Si. The most important thing is that that test capacity has increased exponentially. And it was interesting, the word audacious came up. If any of, you know, if any people have worked in management for, for any length of time, the BHAG, which originally was the big hairy arsed goal, became the big hairy audacious goal because we couldn't say asked in the workplace anymore. So when I heard that word audacious, it struck me that that the management consultants had definitely been at play there to, to set what was an extraordinarily ambitious target.
0: So I find it um, to the interesting thing for me about this is that um, personally um, I think the, I think the yardstick at which we're measuring, um, we're measuring tests is wrong, it should be results issued because, at the end of the day, the outcome that you're after from this is to know how many people have yep. or have not got the virus, and therefore you need to. Or, and you'll probably have some that you probably have a small percentage that are spoiled, wouldn't you? You, you know, because in, in any tests that are, yep. are done, so you, you'd want to be able to report that figure. That would be where I would have put my measure in this process. And again, this is about um, yep. process nerding um so that's that's kind of the interesting thing for me is having said that i think um that matt hancock has let for the hundred thousand um to be honest for a political reason and i don't mean for a ideological reason i mean from a sheer point of view of he at the time at the beginning of april he was continually being asked well how many tests are we going to be doing how many tests are we going to be doing and the point is is that although you need data to understand how many people in the country have the virus, um, and it's certainly really useful at this point when, we're, you know, when the government start to consider how to amend the lockdown restrictions, um, the, that number is seem, seemed, seems to really be actually a number given just for numbers sake, for the point of view of yeah. it's not necessarily kind of um, targeting in any particular way, um, to me what would have been a better commitment would have been saying we will make sure that everybody that um, that the, that um, is um, seeks medical attention with symptoms receives a test we will make sure that everybody that works in a um, NHS or social care setting will receive a test um, and the requirement of numbers will vary depending on actually you know what else happened but to me it seems like the government, Came up with a big shiny number to, to to reach for. They've reached for the moon. They have been consistent in how they've measured it, although we all seem to agree that actually how they've measured it is a bit is a bit yeah. It's
1: it's a bit iffy. But then I guess if they had measured it differently, Simon, then on April the second, would they have called that hundred thousand number if they knew that the postal tests were excluded? Probably not. And I think, you know, this is for me where they've called a number and people say, so what's the science behind it? There isn't a science behind it. The number of tests was too small. We need to try and get it bigger, faster, in a very aggressive way. Let's shoot for a ridiculous number of 100,000. We could have shot 50,000, you know, got 60,000, and everyone would have paraded it. But that means we would have had at least 12,000 less tests done on the day, because I think we all acknowledge that, you know, in terms of that tests within the system, there were seventy two thousand done on Thursday.
0: Um, yeah, and just to just to chip in quickly, um, Steve Pitt tells us that we uh, that today it's uh, seventy six thousand tests. Um, I don't know whether that's because there's no you know less posts today, um, and David Smith reminds us that Boris had actually floated the number of uh, two hundred fifty thousand. So okay, it's the Yep. It's about saying a number, isn't it? How tempting that is. Um, and then, to be honest, being um, being pinned to that number. And, and, you know, actually, really, the question needed to be, what is, um, originally, what should have been the question asked by journalists should have been, okay, how are we measuring that number? Um, yep. But actually, to be fair, it, I think that they've fallen into a bit of a trap. So I think the kind of the argument about, is this a, is this a fudging of the number? To me, again, I think it's the process nerding within me is, is kind yeah. of saying that. So a bit come on in,
1: Simon. We need to focus in the interest of time, gentlemen. Ooh. Our last topic: the nation's favourite airline.
0: Yes. So, uh, so BA have uh, have said that they will be uh, making twelve thousand workers redundant, um, having furloughed um, twenty two thousand six hundred and twenty six workers already they're they're making twelve thousand of them um redundant
1: so about a quarter of their workforce mm-hmm. and again in terms of full disclosure they've also indicated that as i understand it there is a two-tier benefit system within ba so cabin staff that signed before 2010 um, have a different set of benefits to those that signed after 2010 and I think the company has indicated that it will be looking to move all staff onto the post-2010 contract structure.
0: Uh, si is just reporting to us he's having some connection issues, so hopefully um, he can catch up. I've just messaged him quickly what we were saying about the headlines there. Are you still with us, Sai? Uh
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I can hear you. You just both keep freezing occasionally um, going kind of robot voice.
0: Um, oh, that's because we're <laughs> so I'm losing I'm losing
2: a few words in each sentence. It seems to well I think it's my end. Um well, it, yeah. it
0: could it could be either way. So sorry, um sorry for the for the wonky connection. Um to be fair, losing the odd word from me is probably actually a benefit over time. Um but um so yeah, so what we were talking there about was about um, BA's furloughing of twenty two 0.6,000 uh, workers and making 12,000 workers redundant. Um, um, and have um, we, we got to the point, Ian, where you were pointing out about how um, how their CEO had actually said that he didn't, um, that there wasn't going to be a, a bailout basically heading in BA's direction? Yeah,
1: yeah so I think there was, the, the, so, so BA have made it clear that they don't believe that the government will or should be expected to Pay for a bailout. And, you know, I I guess the question here is, you know, is BA using this pandemic to allow it to cynically restructure its organization? um, You know, or is it the fact, and I'd welcome your thoughts on it, that the airline industry, you know, how many years is it going to be, or will it ever get back to the levels of travel? that it was before COVID?
2: Sorry, I've only caught part of that. Um, And what in terms of air air travel, um, I don't think it will ever get back to the levels that it was before. Um, I think in the next few years, it's certainly going to be down a lot. And I think the airlines are going to get, well, a few of them are going to go. And there's um, there's going to be a lot less air travel. It's going to become more expensive how how it used to be going back sort of 10, 20 years. Um, I think that's probably a good thing, really. Um, I don't think we should be bailing out these airlines either. Um, or if we are, we take we take them into public ownership. And if you do them, resell them. We sell them at a profit, not at a loss, like we do with mm. the banks. Um, um, so I think, but I don't think we should just be bailing them out for the sake of it. Um, I think we should protect workers and give them extra security, but not necessarily be um, bailing out. Private businesses because they're not making profits in times of uncertainty like this. So
1: it's a double edged sword, that one, though, Sai, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, 12,000 people, it looks like they're going to go into consultation, but I've never seen them end anyway other than, you know, with, with those sort of numbers going. So obviously, you know, Simon, as a as a as a you know a, a passionate climate campaigner, and it would be fair to say not the biggest fan of the uh, the airlines. How do you view this move?
0: Um, to be honest, I, I pretty much agree with Simon's stance on this. I think that um, as much as I, I I would want to protect the workforce um, in the sense of um, I think we the, the the taxpayers money shouldn't be being used to to be blunt to be um bailing out an industry that it, it you know to be honest with you it's actually in some ways actually wrong that it's I think wrong's probably the wrong word um the the true cost of air travel isn't being passed on to um to passengers um it's artificially too cheap Um, And in that respect, the actual environmental cost of traveling so frequently and so easily by plane um, therefore um, is being met by the rest of the planet um, in air quality um, when actually really what we've discovered recently with with the use of technology like this is that actually maybe lots of companies aren't going to need to actually be flying people around um, you know, flying people backwards and forwards for, you know, a couple of hours meetings or for a day or something like that. Although you yep. know, meeting people face-to-face is a much, is, you know, it is nicer. It is more of a preferable thing versus the cost. Um, perhaps actually the, the the customer demand, which to be fair is probably what BA are actually seeing is going to mm. drop out of their market. And even if, if social distancing is going to need to maintain for several months, um, then it makes a lot probably a lot of their flights unviable oh
1: absolutely um, and again you know when you talk about the cost yeah so i went to a meeting last year in manchester and i flew because it was half the price of going by train even with a third off with my disabled person's rail card so me and my guide dog hopped up to manchester and back 65 quid all in from southampton and obviously fly B were already in administration. So, you know, I, I'm not convinced that BA haven't seen the future and it's a future with a lot less planes.
0: And maybe not so many massive planes. So like the A380, um, you know, airlines are going to really struggle to actually find that, um, find that a usable aircraft, aren't they? Cause it was designed for a, an environment or an an economic environment where you could pack that many passengers into a plane, take them to a hub destination and then fly them on perhaps to subservient airports. Um, Whereas now that's, that's just, you know, that that's just completely gone. And I, and I don't think that that market disappearing is a bad thing. If it means that the industry has to pause and rethink Um, and as wider society, we pause and rethink about, how how much we want to travel and for what and for how long and how are probably conversations we want to be having when we're focusing on the environment Mm
1: -hmm. Final word for you Si
0: Is the connection behaving enough?
2: The connection's terrible I'm only catching every couple of words you're saying sorry Um, Mm No worries. Well sorry, I can't sorry I can't hear you. Both no worries,
1: so oh, well thank no. you for coming on. We are we're at we're at our hour. So uh Thanks again, for having me. no worries, it's been it's been splendid to having you on, site. So Always lovely to get different insights. So you've been listening to the Pompey Politics podcast.
0: Blue and yellow till we die.
1: I'm Ian Tiny Morris.
0: And our guest has been Will that work? Our guest has been side bunting, unfortunately hampered by um, by internet, um, connection issues. So apologies for that, Si. Um, I've been Simon Sandsbury. Um, do tune in next week when we've got uh, Tim, Shim and Chase um, speaking to us um, as a spokesperson for the local Green Party. So it'll be interesting to fold on to the environmental issues we discussed there.
1: Marvellous. Have a great week, everyone.